this podcast is a podcast about a podcast essentially uh, but about a man a very interesting man that i didn't i didn't know about previous to this podcast uh, by joe rogan uh, it was a conversation with naval ravikant who's a among many things is an entrepreneur of tech startup companies but more interesting at least for for what i'm going to speak about with andreas who is very interested in this podcast uh, who's here with me is uh, a lot of the eastern kind of uh, and religious some quasi-religious thought that this guy kind of has uh but how he also relates this to such uh american interests as getting rich and being happy and he does this all i think what's most interesting is he does this all from a very uh, rationalistic perspective a very scientific perspective so he's trying to deal with some very difficult philosophical ideas and and religious ideas essentially but from a science-based data-based programmer tech san francisco whatever it is entrepreneur silicon valley kind of um perspective would you agree with kind of that andreas yes very much i but i don't agree with um that i i uh how do you just say i did not know the podcast you recommended it to me i listened to it um and i liked it you know i i'm not a i'm not a a person that listens to podcasts actually i'm just doing these podcasts with you because i just like talking to you and it happens that that you like recording our conversations (laughs) but yes i i definitely enjoyed the i think it was the joe rogan podcast 1309 with uh naval navikant and uh ravikant yes and i enjoyed listening to him very much Uh, he is a very smart guy um also, because because you recommended to me a couple of times Joe Rogan podcast, but it was the first time that I did not stop because they uh, he used a very elegant language, um, and many times um, on on this podcast, yeah, um, I have to turn it off because there's a lot of swearing, um, but this time all the two hours and I don't know thirty minutes, it was really really uh, great to listen uh, to him. Well, sometimes Joe Rogan is a, is a UFC uh, MMA I know. I, I, to- I totally understand. And so, well, sometimes he has to use purple language to communicate with the, with the different guests. But uh, in this case, he was, he was communicating with a guy who I don't think Naval has said a curse word since yes. he was a teenager. Yeah, oh, maybe. Maybe he does, but maybe he's professional enough not to do it uh, while being recorded. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think... Uh, the two of us, um, we talked about mm, a few or maybe even many things um, that came up in this podcast. And um, oh, I, I could I could see myself very often um, in the in the things uh, Naval said. Uh, of course, he's a much more intelligent person and he can articulate himself much better. Um, but I think I pretty much agreed with everything he said on this podcast. In terms of uh, happiness, I, I know. I, know hap- and, uh, I think you you uh, disagreed um, with uh, when he was talking about happiness, because he related happiness a couple of times to um, 
getting rich or being rich. But I think w what he meant, um, and I think he says it at the end of the, pretty much at the end of the um, podcast, being rich means uh, that you're free from uh, money problems. And money problems um, normally make people unhappy. So the chance that you are happy is, is much better if, if you have some, uh, a little bit of money. So you're, you're on the safe side. Um, you know, I, I, I agree. I agreed with that for a portion of my life. I thought kind of like Naval did. Naval talks a little bit about, uh, being free to be able to pursue things like happiness or peace or meditation. And he's kind of put forward the idea that if you can satisfy all your money problems, so you don't have to be worried about money, that will allow you the, the space in which to be able to then, um, calmly go about these these bigger ideas yeah, which is true i think but i used to think that that was true you know i was a trader and one of the reasons why i was a trader was because i was trying to make a lot of money so that i could um, then do whatever i wanted with my yeah. life and i thought i needed to make yeah. a lot of money yeah but it. then again the way you made money was toxic you know he's probably not talking about the way uh or how to achieve this goal of being being rich he's just talking um, being rich gives you the freedom not to uh, to be worried about certain things. So you can focus on the things that you like to do. Um, getting there maybe um, is a big sacrifice. Sometimes I don't know. Maybe it's not even necessary, and maybe you can you can get rich um, by doing something that you like. There's actually one thing I, I don't agree with him, uh, and I think you don't agree with him either. When, when he said everybody can become everybody can become rich and everybody is a creative person I think something similar he said in every in, right and everyone is unique and everyone can be happy yeah I, I don't I don't I don't whenever, think that actually um, whenever right I don't think that either I, I think that's that's part of the air in this message that he's giving which is that everyone can be prosperous and healthy and happy and I don't I don't first of all I don't believe history that we that we can we can look at gives that as a as as something that could happen. I think there's a the tech people often have this utopianism. They think that there's this great possibility coming for humanity to be unleashed in this new perfect way. And he doesn't get into it as much of this utopianism as perhaps other tech tech guys do. You know, the Google of the Googles and the Twitters of the world think that they're they're making the world a better place and that humans are going to be nicer to each other as a result of their technologies. But in fact, humans are going to do what they've always done to each other. They're just going to use these new technologies to do it. And I don't believe, as Naval does, that there's this great future where everyone will be rich because they've pursued their special unique interest. I think it's very possible that a lot of people have no unique interests at all, and people are completely uninteresting and ununique. Just because people look different and talk different and see the world, di everyone sees it differently, doesn't mean they're capable of something creatively different. Creation and discipline and all these things are, are so hard to come by. There's such, you know, it's not just not something you learn to do. Yeah, but maybe maybe um, the creations that, that are your creations, maybe they are much more sophisticated than other people's creations you know maybe some people think or are already creative at a state where you would not think that you're uh, creative already or 
you know, m maybe for, for some people, just very simple gardening is already something uh, that many people don't consider uh, a, a creative task or an art or whatever. People are different. But he's saying you can. He's saying you can get rich. Yeah, right? and this is th he's this, talking this about is, money. Yeah, and this is not true. Um, but being a creative person, s somehow every everybody maybe can be. Um, but yeah, but uh, become, becoming rich, I think that's not possible for for everybody. First of all, not only because of um, uh, circumstances, but also because some people are just maybe not capable of um, doing things in a way so they can make a lot of money doing this i don't know you know one one of one of the interesting things about people who have become rich telling other people that they can be rich and everyone can be rich is a is a bias you get your you get this bias in your life when when you have been able to do something that you think other people can also be able to do it i had this for a long time i thought it's one of the best examples I can give is, is being on a pool table and playing pool with partners. So it's you and your partner versus another a guy and his partner. And I used to play a lot in bars in New York. And I, was quite, I got to be quite a good pool player. But oftentimes I'd have a partner who wasn't as good as me. And maybe this was a very competitive game of pool. And my partner would, would go and approach the cue ball to go and take a shot. And to me, it clearly wasn't the best shot on the table. And so I'd say to my partner, hey, you know, there's a better shot here. This is the better shot to take. It's the easier shot. And 100% of the time, my partner would miss the shot. And I began to realize it's because, perhaps because I'm successful at this game, it doesn't mean that I can, I can explain to somebody even the simplest thing, um, which seems so simple to me, because it's not simple to them. And so uh, I stopped telling my partner to take shots. If they came to me and asked me, what's the, what shot should I take? I'd say, I don't know. What do you see? And if they said, well, I see this, I'd say, if you see it, take it. Because there was a much better chance that the, they would make the shot um, that they found themselves. And I think that that relates too as well to um, you can't make everybody a good pool player. You can't bring everybody to your level. You can't just – you can't come out and give some basic principles of pool and say, if you follow these things, you'll be as good as I am. Because there's – there's a lot more things than the three basic principles. There's a lot more that's going on there. And a lot of it is you can't articulate. Even as articulate as someone like Naval is, I don't think he's able to articulate the things that have really made him successful. And I don't think that a bunch of short videos will ever even come close to that. I don't know. I, th I think he, he has a very clear idea. Um, why he is there where he is um i don't know but you know but you know what i'm saying like when you when, when you get good at something oftentimes you you forget you you think that other people can also do the same thing and i think that's a mistake and to think that everyone in the whole world can do the same thing that's just a ridiculous notion there's billions of people you're telling billions of people that you know nothing about that they could they can do what you're doing. This is this is one of the great problems that I find in philosophy, that I find in in religion that tries to spread its message worldwide. Anything that goes worldwide that thinks that they have a a prescription for all of humanity everywhere. 
I think you're losing something there. And I think you, you're, you're better to focus on local ideas and, and, and local, um, local success stories and local ways of, of placing ideas in which they can be uh, fruitful and, and, and productive. It's just too many people. And people are too different, maybe. But every everybody maybe can be um, successful in his or her way. I don't know. But I yeah, I just I agreed with him on everything except for that everybody can become a rich a rich person. Um, I I I guess he meant rich uh, means having a lot of money. But you know what? Getting back to the money thing, though, you know what I found after I made quite a bit of money and had the and had the ability to make a lot more was that I was not happy and I was, I was not creative at all. I did my worst writing. I was, those were basically the lost years of my life. Yeah. But you, you lived and in a toxic found, uh, environment, right? No, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. I mean, it, it, it wasn't bad at all. I had a great time in, in New York and uh, you know, I was only trading an hour to a day, making lots of money. And uh, it, it, I got caught up in the, the lifestyle that you can when you have money in New York, and it was very exciting. But, but the idea was is that I was going to have all this money that would then free me, free me somehow from the slavery and uh, tyranny of capitalism, so I could just go off and uh, become some great monk and creator. It it wasn't that way at all. In fact, I was doing much better work when I was when I had no money at all and I was impoverished and living in Europe. I was much more creative. Yeah, but maybe maybe, maybe that was too early for you. Maybe this uh, uh, this period of your of, of of your life was just necessary to realize that um, um, that you that you can create you, you can be creative now. But maybe um, if if you would have had more or other knowledge, maybe you would have been able um, to be creative as well. Uh, even though you had a lot of money, I don't know. I, 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 I don't, don't think, think I don't, I don't think, think you that's can the be reason very why you were not creative at this time. I mean, I I don't know. It's just uh, my assumption. Well, I I think money money does one important thing when you have a lot of it. It insulates you from life. It gives you an escape from a lot of a lot of questions. Many of them are mundane, right? You don't have to, you don't have to worry about a lot of things, but. It also allows you to buy your way out of tricky situations where you, you would you would you could have something go wrong that could be catastrophic, and a lot of people think that that's a good thing, that you can you you've, you've reduced risk in your life, and that allows you to just sit around thinking about happiness and peace and meditating. But at the same time, you've lost contact with life. You, you've got a surplus now of ability to to. Uh, escape any any obstacle you could just pay it off you can you can buy it away and i think i think that actually is the worst thing to do for creativity i think you need to live closer to the bone like you know like a hunter gatherer or something and have the skills reliant upon to to live day to day to live closer day to day and have no out no escape other than your skills is the way to do it the skills are the are are are, are the luxury that you should be working towards The skills are the real wealth, you know, to, to have language skills, to have, um, you know, all kinds of skills, physical skills, strength. With these kind of things, you, you're never, you'll, you'll never need anything. You'll never be uncertain. You'll never be scared. 
you'll be able to weather catastrophes. But wealth, just having lots of money, uh, it it doesn't. It's not a skill to have lots of money in the bank. It it doesn't. It doesn't make you stronger. It doesn't make you uh, more. You know, your skills more sharpened and intelligent for dealing with situations. It's just you just write a check when you need to escape something. Yeah, but then again, not necessarily. It, it holds you off from being um, from using all the all the skills you you. Uh, gained over over the over your lifetime i don't know maybe maybe you're getting lazy because you don't have much pressure anymore to do something maybe um that's right that's what I, that's part of it that's part of it as well i mean why would you develop skills if you didn't really have to you don't really have to do those things yeah but but then again i, I cannot imagine that that um you wanted to have all these skills and you were working on all your skills because you wanted to make a lot of money because uh, well as a, as a, a young man you already had a, a very clear understanding how you want to live your life I mean maybe every once in a while um, everybody um, is doing something that he or she was not supposed to do but I think uh, especially you as a young person you had a very clear mind uh, what you want to do And I think your goal was not to make a lot of money. So the skills you were working on, um, it was just for the sake of having skills. Right. But my point, though, is that I, I already, prior to making money, I, I was already working on skills which were, um, were more important than making money. I stopped working on those skills to try and make lots of money because I thought that that would be more important. And I, I don't think it ended up being more important. Money, money especially in the Western world, is, is actually not very hard to get. It's not a, really a big deal. And you don't need to be a tech entrepreneur to, 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 to get enough money to be able to give you time to work on but creating the, but this is also You really this, don't need this, that much. This is also not true, I think, because for me, it's very hard to make a lot of money. I mean, I don't, I don't follow the career path very much anymore for 11 years. I never did really. Um, I'm not an educated person, as you know. But... But anyway, I think for no for for a lot of people, it is not very easy to make a lot of money. Well, the, the, you have to. Look I mean, at for it you, it's maybe easy because, because you're a very intelligent person. Uh, I mean, with your well, I'm I'm a truck driver. Yeah, yeah, I know, I'm a truck I know, driver. I know. But still, you gain some or you got some education, which is maybe not very helpful anymore. But at least uh, in theory, you know how to make money. You you worked in in some uh, fields where you could go back and make a lot of money again, which I hope you won't. I mean, not making a lot no, of money, but going back. I can't there. go back. Um, no, I can't go back. I, I what I did is been automated and replaced, just like trucking okay. will probably be automated and replaced. But um, the 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 way to make money is not just simply getting money having it coming in it's also stopping it from going out yes that's that's real wealth i think and you understand that you're someone who lives very frugally yeah so you don't require a lot of you don't require making a lot of money to support your no. lifestyle and the things you want to do this is yeah uh, the, that's that's the key yeah that, that that's a big problem uh nowadays so people are just spending too much money for things they don't need And on top of that, they're they're going into debt, which is, which, the Naval talks about 
being a slave, having a job that's enslaving. I don't think a job is enslaving. I think debt is enslaving because you have to work to pay your debt. But at any job, you don't have to work at it. You could always leave. Nah, not necessarily. If and you if you have to, uh, if you're responsible for for a family or other people, then you have to have a job, and then you do whatever whatever you you have. Um, well, that's that's enslaving. But, but, uh, that, that's but, a kind of a but debt. But also, David, they also here, um, people are slaves in, in in Austria. You know, I don't I don't know how the the system works um in the states but here in austria it's a very social system which means um when you retire you're you pretty much have an easy life because you paid all your life all your work life um and then at the age of 65 or something you retire then uh, uh the government the taxpayers pay for you um and you grew up uh in i think uh, you grew up uh, and all this, uh, these thoughts or uh, these ideas of uh, being secure, um, it's, it's just part of, of uh, the mentality of people here. And this is also, in my opinion, being a slave. Not knowing these things, I mean, it, it, it's a good system, but also it's a not good system because it gives me, for example, a lot of pressure. I don't want to take care of things like this. I mean about my my future i don't want to think about things like this so you know when you when you don't have a job um you feel guilty um first of all you feel guilty okay other taxpayers pay for me right now um and you feel guilty okay right now i'm not paying um for my future when i when i retire um it is so having a job means uh, that you don't feel guilty and which means you're not a slave you you're Oh, which means you, you you're you're a slave. Um, I don't know. Having having a job you're, you're uh, can can be uh, similar to to slavery because you're forced to do it, even though you're paid. But you're you're saying you're saying that you're feeling forced out of guilt, as much as uh, anything. A slave enslaved by guilt, a feeling of guilt or something. Yeah, kind of. I mean, you don't have the choice not to have a job or. Many people think they don't have that they don't have the choice not to have a job or, or change the job or whatever because for them security is more important than uh, the risk of getting something new. Even even there is a little risk of not having something for a couple of months. So people. But I think also I think also though Naval was making the point that it's doing a job you don't like. That's the that's the slavery aspect of it. Not just that you have to work, but it's that's something that you don't like, and that and that's something that's quite interesting. Yeah, but mo- to most say that most it's a job you don't most like. Most people do jobs uh, which uh, who they don't like. I mean, I I like your your approach of uh, doing your job, for example, because um, you do something you're <laughs> extremely overqualified, but you still uh, find enjoyment um, in doing this, which is which is great because you you have a very philosophical approach. Um, but of course, not everybody's uh, capable of doing this. Um, for me, uh, for me right now, it is very hard already to uh, to go to work, and I'm really happy um, when I when I, I quit at the end of the month, and then I just ha- take a break again and focus on on more important things than work. 
But your 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 first day of work at your job, the first day you went, was did you feel about your job on that first day like you do now? No, no, no. I liked it. I liked it for a very long time. But I'm just, I'm. I mean, you know, that's maybe that's a personal. But I just feel I'm helping people. Um, you know, people in wheelchairs, and uh, I, I just it. it at some point you start to realize wow it's very hard to just help and help and help but you, you don't get much back um so I, I need to stop this and uh i mean but this is but this is i think the central point though is that if you want to i'm not sure it's happiness i think it's closer to the the peace that naval is talking about but if you want that in life you have to have this um openness to wonder like you're looking at everything for the first time. This is something that I try, I try and do often is you're overcome by boredom or unhappiness or or misery or these things. Um, But if you can get a perspective upon which you look at these feelings and then you try and look at where these feelings seem to be coming from. And then you start to think about it all as I'm a human being and I'm alive and these things are happening to me and it becomes wonderful in the sense that it's 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 how can this exist all of these things and these feelings and where it seems to be coming from and i think this is what naval is talking about this sense of wonder i think he's calling that happiness but i don't think it's happiness i think it's a wonder at being alive you know i, I was telling you before i think it would be extraordinary if i went to vienna and i did your job for a day i i would i would i would find it so fun a fun it would be just so exciting but it would be also possible it's also possible for me to understand where you are right now, that you're feeling the way you are about your job. I could, I could imagine that too. But the whole question in life is what, is, what is the proper approach and the proper feeling? I think life is more interesting and it's more interesting to live it if you're always looking at it in a wonderful way. You're always looking at it as a child looks at it, uh, seeing something for the first time, and just, just being in awe of it. Yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe it's true. That, but we have the capacity for this. It's just it's just changing your perspective a little bit, and it's removing judgments and values. And um, but even judgments and values are interesting. It's all, it's often interesting that you say, "Oh, I hate that thing. I hate this. I hate this," and you you know it causes me some tension and anxiety. But then you step you step back a, a second and you say, "Well, well, interesting, interesting. This feeling, and you look at the feeling, and you you have awe and wonder at your own feeling about something producing this anxiety and tension." It, it, it's and you look at the dynamic, it, but and there's a peace that comes from that, and I think that's what he's talking about when he's talking about meditation. Is this we we do have this ability to withdraw and look at something. It's it's similar to me to this idea in phenom, of phenomenology. They it, you know it's a philosophical movement that uh, it started in Germany and it was kind of trying to look at phenomena for what they are and removing judgments and values just looking at phenomena and I'm not sure anyone is really able to do it, but it, it's got this idea of, uh, of wonder to it that you would, you would just be, you would just be observing things without, without, without pushing them around or, um, influencing them too mm-hmm. much. And, uh, there is a piece that comes from that where you, it, I think it's a religious thing too. And I don't, I know Naval doesn't get, he, he, he He's not a religious man. He doesn't seem to be, although he's very close to religious ideas, mm. but from a rational perspective. 
And um, I think that's probably what's so appealing to this guy when he talks about these topics. First, that he's very articulate, but second, that he's approaching uh, formerly religious topics from a perspective of a tech guy or uh, doing these life hacks and things to... (laughs) I never liked this terminology, hacking stuff. I don't know. What do you think about any of that? About hacking? Um, Well, they always talk about... Don't these tech guys always talk about life hacks? You know, think, you know, these tricks to, you know, it's like a, it's this new metaphor yeah. that we're all hackers. I, and we're I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, to, I told you I prefer um, a more conservative, elegant language anyway. So all of these uh, n- new terms and words, um, and unfortunately we get them in, in German as well from, from English. Um, I, I just don't like using them I, ch- I i don't like people other people using them it's um yeah people people just don't have a an elegant language anymore but what you know what's interesting is that these words are are based on technologies physical technologies and software and it 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 supports certain conceptions of human beings which that human beings are like computers it's a it's, it's interesting how, uh, you know, I, t- I tend to look at philosophy and philosophical questions as, as many times arising from some combination of language and technology. And you have a world that's changed by technology, and then you want to talk about this world, uh, and it becomes difficult because the old words were influenced by old, wor- old worlds that involve different technologies. So you, you have, you think you're talking about new ideas, but in fact, you're using new words to talk about ideas which are old but taking the new shape of a new technology and it's that's why we tend to we tend to be in philosophy you've been talking about the same problems for years it's just they take new forms because the world is a little bit changed by a technology and then the language becomes a little bit changed but a life hack when people say life hacking what are they saying i mean uh the stoics of the greeks probably had their own word for saying you know you know, for doing something like that, some sort of meditation or something, you know, it's no different. It's just a new, it's, it's just a new term to use that's based on a technology of the present day. I don't know, as, uh, as uh, Navala, and I think Joe Rogan also said, um, um, people just use a lot of, uh, how do you say jargon in English? Um, to, yeah, jargon. Yeah, jargon. To, uh, to make them uh look wiser or smarter just use use the words uh, you used for for many years or in the past and don't use something that is new but just means the same as uh, old old words i don't know it's true and i don't i, don't, I think Naval probably yeah he did talk about the Dragon podcast he talked about when he was younger, he always wanted to impress people. To, he wanted people to think he was yes. smart, so he would talk. Yeah, he, to make himself. Because and, he felt insecure, I think, when he was young. Yeah. I mean, do you, I? I don't think he's doing that anymore. No, no, he, is, no. He, he, I, you know, I'm not a native speaker, as as you as you hear, um, but um, his English was. Uh, very well understandable the words he used um he was not 
he did not try uh, to sound wise. He sounded wise because he is wise. But my question is, why is he why is he expressing these ideas? Is it is it because he wants to help people? He's a he's a saint. I don't know. I don't know. Of some sort? I don't know. Why do you is he try why do you to... enjoy doing podcasts? Why why do you? I ask myself that question. Yeah. I ask myself that question. What? Because I'm, I, I think that there's a, a real danger with the podcast of broadcasting to a billion people. And I think, I think that that's a huge mistake. But, but I think he actually explained it why he does it. Because, um, because he has the luxury uh, to be able to focus on art and doing podcasts using uh, your creative mind is art for him. And so he, he just loves spending uh, time doing art. I think this is why he why he does all this. And um, uh, pu- but pu- he's doing pu- something pu- different. Publishes he's, he's... on on Twitter or whatever. But he's giving people. He's trying to tell a billion people the way to do something. That's diff- That's very different than than what the podcast that we're doing and I've done. I've I have not gone out and tried to advise a billion people about how they should how they should live in the world. I've only talked about things that I've discovered about my but life. It, but and it, I've but not... he did not do that either. I think <clears throat> he just talked about his own experiences and what he thinks. He never told anybody you have to do it this and this and this way. I think. But well, isn't that whole how to get rich and how to be happy? Isn't that isn't that basically saying he was basically saying anyone can do it and this is how you do it. No, I did. I I, I, I did not uh, take it this way, not at all. Um, I think he he just um, enjoys doing it, um, and it, it is um, it is very nice actually sharing uh, wisdom with other people. Don't you think so? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the reason one of the reasons we're talking about him right now. Uh, well. He's also interesting is because you can trust him because he's you, you you have the feeling when listening to him that he has the experiences that back up his discoveries. He's not he's not just simply read some books. He's gone out and he's tested them in his own life. And that's really the difference between an academic or a theorist and someone who who's put himself on the line. Uh, those are always the most impressive people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he, the, the ones who've risen. Who's taken risks for their ideas? Yeah, he was definitely not fake. He was. Um, he try. He did not try to sell anything. Um, he he just sounded very authentic. But you don't think he's not trying to sell something? No, I don't think so. I think. I don't yeah, know. I mean, of, of course, of course his, his name. His name is already um, a brand. Um, so the more the more people know him, the more positive side effects it has for some businesses or I don't know um, but I, I think that's that's not not his goal I, what is your goal I mean you, you're making these uh, books handmade books um, is it about the, the process of making them is it about um, uh, translating uh, poems from from these people or writing and publishing your own stuff or what is what, Look, I've what, tried, what is I've made clear to myself I've tried to clarify this question what 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 am I trying to accomplish what am I doing the first thing was is I wanted to read these books 
And so I translated them. The second thing was I wanted to make physical books. I thought it was an enjoyable process. And it would be challenging, and it would, I could learn something new. And the third thing now is that I have these books, and I'm thinking about the question of distribution, how they're to be distributed, because I've made, them, I've made these books to last, right? okay? And so now I'm, I'm thinking about, I, I don't want to do capitalism. I don't want to sell them. I want them to, to end up in the right hands, uh, not places of dark energy and, and badness. And, you know, I don't want them to be on the bookshelf of a collector. I, I want them to be in the hands of someone who wants to read these books as much as I wanted to read the book. And that's the real problem, is finding those people. So, in fact, I'd want them to find me. Yes, which is... But then the... Yeah, which is a good... Well, this good is the idea, though. This is... But... Well, but it's beyond this, though. I, and this is something that's, that's very challenging to think, which is that a book like this could last a thousand years, let's say. So, I'm not, I'm not just making books for, for, this, for this lifetime. I'm making books for a, a much longer period. So the idea is to send the book off into the world in such a place that it could last the longest yeah, but the, the, or at least it, could be found the most. It, it, so the effects are far-reaching. Is it important for you to get feedback from the first reader? Or maybe even ah. even the, the second generation reader? I don't know. Because I, because you, I, I think about how, the question how can, of feedback. How can you know that a person... Um, enjoyed reading uh, your books without getting a feedback so it could be in the in the right hands it could be in the wrong hands y you would never know so uh, a feedback is the only thing uh, that proves that certain people liked reading your stuff um, and maybe this is what what your goal is maybe maybe you you want to have a positive feedback um, of the of the things you created But I, but feedback only only matters to me from people that uh, their opinion matters. And if some random person who who's expressed some interest that I don't really know very well says they love it or they hate it, it, it doesn't matter at all to me. You know, it it's like if the New York Times were to ask for a book, and I stupidly were to give one to them, and they were to review it and say this is the greatest book of translation all year. Da 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 da. da. Um, and I don't know who the reviewer is, and I don't know who the editor, I mean, the institution, or I don't know any of those people over there. That doesn't mean anything to me. But it, it has a certain cachet socially, and it's something to put on your resume. I don't want any of that stuff. I want the right readers to, to read the book. And the selection process for that, I'm still working out. I just don't, I need to work on the selection process for placing books. Because I, I, I want to be able to put them in the hands of the right readers. I know someone like you is the was one of the uh, one of the right readers. I know you don't want the book to read it because you think it'll be too difficult, but your opinion means a lot more to me than the New York Times. <laughs> I, I don't care about the New York Times' opinion. I care about your opinion. Okay. If the New York Times reviewed the book, I probably wouldn't even read the review. I just don't care. It just doesn't matter. It's a corrupt institution with people I don't care about. I care about the right readers. Okay. And so the question is finding the right readers. And I think in some ways I've been working with these ideas of local locality and local communities and local groups, um, just small communities. And I think a book can kind of create a small community. It can, it can do that. And 
I don't know how this will work yet. I, I, I'm kind of just it's, just, it's an experiment. I don't know. And it's, it's not about money. It's not about fame. And uh, I think there's always the threat, though, of money and fame could undermine it. Mm. They're, they're, it's always there. There's always there that ego could get in the way of this project. It's always there that, that, that someone could come and tell me how great I am and they could trick me with something. Uh, they'll dangle something in front of me that would look interesting. Uh, th 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 these, people, these people, capitalism has a way. Capitalism is victorious because capitalism is very, very powerful. And I don't mean just the, the system we have now. It's, I mean the system of trade and people getting things and trading things that they have. I'm talking about something that's a pure gift. It's, it's, um, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's a saintly thing. It's an outlaw thing. It's, uh, it's not, it's, it's, it's something beyond human, really. I'm, tr I'm trying for something, I'm trying for something really, really beyond human. But, and it, it requires discipline that I don't know if I even have. But then you have the first answer already. Um, you don't want to charge for the book. You give it away for free, um, which is already something you were thinking about uh, just recently. Um, so now you only have to find a way how to locate or how to know who is the right reader or not. Right. Who, who deserves it? Are you still there? <laughs> who deserves it? That's what it, that's the question. Are you still there? And I'm here. You hear me? Yeah. No, I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think you're back. Well, the, qu the question is who deserves it? Yes. I t I'd rather think of the book as being priceless, right? The book, something that's priceless. That's there's so few of them, and um, for some, you know, I said before, for some people, the book would be. In a, if a rich person comes to me, I would quote them, you know, this book is a two billion, a two million dollar book. It'd be too expensive for you, <laughs> you know. But for the, but for the, but for the, for the pure soul who comes to me, the book is free. The, the book is, for both people, the book is priceless. The book for one man is so costly, he'll, he, he said, what is this thing? The, for the other, the book costs nothing at all. There's, there's no price. There's no price. It's, uh, but then, you know, with podcasts like this, if enough people listen, they're going to start trying to get the book for free. You know, these, these tricksters are going to be coming. And so this might, this You know, if this becomes popular at all, it's going to open up the doors to uh, to all sorts of, of terrible people that are going to try to get it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm perhaps I, I would just not exposing myself. I would myself. not be too worried that this is getting too popular. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm not worried about that. I, I, I but you never know. Right. I mean, people hear about something. They hear about something and it, all you need is some idiot to put it on. Twitter and then it, it, you know it gets too much attention. Mm -hmm. There's there are not many books, and it's been it's so painful and expensive for me to make them. You know it's so hard. You know to to know to think that one of them could end up in the hands of a degenerate. What are you working on right now? Um, trying to get Maxime to finish his translation of Shalomov's poetry. Okay, and I'm 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 trying to. Uh, I'm working. I'm strategizing on two more books that I, I want to that are not going to be mine, um, that are already written, that I want to put out. 
actually one of them one of them relates to this question of giving and the gift and there's this guy and I think I mentioned him to you before this guy in uh, Philadelphia he was this he be, he became this uh, landlord and he owned all this property and he made all this money off people um, he was a very brutal landlord he just uh, he took advantage of everyone and he made all this money and something happened to him and he decided to give everything away and it 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 scared his family. It really bothered everyone he knew. And it got to the point where he'd given away all his money. He'd given away everything. And he gave away a kidney because he realized he had two kidneys and he didn't need two. Mm-hmm. He gave a kidney to a stranger. And his family was just horrified. They thought he'd gone crazy. Anyway, this guys he's still alive. There was a profile written about him in The New Yorker uh, many years ago. And I, I just he's always been in my mind. He's always just, I've been always thinking about this guy wanted to talk to this guy. Okay. I wanted to, I wanted to I wanted to discover this whatever it was that he had come to to understand this. And he, it turns out he's also written poetry. And so I I I I want to contact him and I want to publish his poetry. I'd like to do a podcast with him. I I I'd like to sit down with him and, and talk about this question of giving. He's ta- he's done a kind of giving that's been financial and been of his body and he's tried to give everything that he has in that sense. But I'm perhaps thinking about with these books is a different kind of giving, uh, a creative giving from creativity mm-hmm. and what that would mean. And, um, cause it's not clear to me, like I'm saying to you right now, it's not clear to me what I want to do. And I think talking to this guy could give me some sort of clarity. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. You, you have a way to contact this uh, person. Uh, apparently he he taught some classes at one time at a university in Philadelphia, and so I was gonna I, f- I found this information and I was gonna contact the university and see if I could get in touch with him um, through the university. Didn't you study in in, in, in Philadelphia? I, I did. Oh, okay. I did. Not at this university. Not at the university that he he was uh, he was at. Uh, I, I was at a different. Okay. One. Uh, but um, but this guy is. Th- it's very strange that this guy, um, I remember reading this, uh, you would probably be very interested in this profile uh, article about him. It was written in, I think, the, you know, 2003 or four. Uh, you would, you would find it fascinating this, what this guy did. Yeah, but I'm not, a, I'm not a, gen- I'm not a, a generous person, actually, as, as I told you, I'm, I'm literally tired of helping people right now. Um, because I, I, maybe I gave too much. So I'm, I'm not the best this person uh, that would admire a very generous person. Well, I don't mean in the sense, not, I'm not sure you have to be generous to admire the man. I think you would admire his, uh, his seriousness and uh, I mean, he, 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 the beauty, he sounds already uh, uh, like a person that is different, which I like already. But yeah, I, I think that that's a good idea. Maybe you should work on, on uh, getting in touch with him and um, doing a podcast with him. I think, yeah, then you could get many more well, listeners. I have, to, I, have to do, I have to do it before he decides to give away like a, an organ that he needs and ends his life. Because he was talking about, he got to the point where he was talking about why should I live if someone more important than me is going to die, why shouldn't I give them things so that they can live? Yeah, but what does that he, mean? He, in, 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 be, in being an, a more important person? 
that's something you know i don't know i i, I, I realized i don't know if we talked about yeah we did probably on 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 the podcast i mean when i was um floating um on the surface of the ocean for eight hours in in asia i realized that um nobody's important i'm not important nobody's important i was basically uh ready to go um i don't think there is more important uh, people than than other other ones you're just as important or you're just an important person to uh to people that that you're close to but at the end of the day in in a couple of, of years uh, everybody's forgotten anyway i i agree with that but what what about what about uh the flip side of that idea which is would you would you give a kidney to save um like let's say a terrible murderer and child molester, no. a torturer of animals, no. the worst, the worst, the worst kind of criminal you can, you know, vile person you could imagine. They they need a kidney. Would you give your kidney to that person? No. But the, no, but which does not mean that he's a, a a less important person than me. But he's just a person that 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 does not deserve help. Yeah. The the interesting thing is. I was just I was just thinking about this as it, it's just a shocking experiment to do, right? Like let's say, well, actually I probably shouldn't even talk about it. It's it's quite silly. It's quite silly. But to help a person like that, to help the vilest person in a way, in fact, to support a vile person probably continue to be vile as an experiment. Uh, it seems like something terrible, terrible to do. Essentially, to invest in, in in terrible degeneracy and stuff like that. But that's the flip side to 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 say you know to saying important people are no one's important. So people could be could be worth ignoring. I don't. I don't know. It works both ways, doesn't it? Yeah. But. Uh, but anyway, there was there was one last thing with uh, happiness. What is but, happiness? But, Have you known but it? did uh, this person from Philadelphia did he um, become a happy person, giving everything he had? I don't know. The, uh, there's there's one thing about giving, which is strange, which is that um, if you give something, and if you give something. Uh, then people know that you've given it to them. And so the, the giver feels like they've been recognized. And so is it still a gift if, you, if, you're, if you're receiving recognition in return? And that's why mm. people give anonymously. Okay. Yeah. The, the anonymous gift is a pure it is a gift. Pure gift. Um, when, you don't, um, when you don't want to receive something. You know, if, if you if you receive receive something anyway, um, appreciation, whatever, um, it's still a gift. If you don't want any, if if you just want to help, then it's it's a, it's a pure gift. Um, if if you if you provide something for free, because you think ah maybe in in return I get something, then it's definitely not a gift, even though maybe it's just. Uh, appreciation or whatever you know i've i've been able to find out like um 
I thought I was giving these pure gifts. One of the things I've been doing at uh, at uh, the truck driving is when I'm loading trailers with a forklift, I'll see people have put things into trailers. Everyone there is, most people there are kind of lazy. And they don't do the job the way it should be done. They don't take the straps and strap something to the walls of the trailer so it won't fall down while the truck is in motion. And so I'll fix the trailers. And if things fall over, the people who put it on the trailer tend to, they, they get in trouble for things falling over because it was done wrong. So I go in there and I fix it. And so those people don't end up getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, I was thinking to myself, well, I'm, I'm giving this gift. I'm giving this gift and no one even knows about it. That's why it's such a great gift. And I, I've been doing it all the time. Okay. All these gifts. I feel like I can, I feel so wealthy giving these things away. Okay. And no one even knows that I ever do it. You know, they'll never know. They, you know, and, and, and in fact, I'm supporting a bad habit that they have in, mm. in their laziness because um, they'll never get in trouble for, for doing their job wrong and be retrained. Uh, so anyway, the, the question is, is, is this a pure gift? And I, I don't think it is. And it's not even a pure gift because I'm talking about it right now. I'm getting a claim for it right now. So I've, I've just made it public that I'm doing this, even to you, even to the billion people listening to this podcast. So it's... It's, I'm not a pure person. I'm not pure in that gift that I gave. Even the fact of me thinking, what a great and noble person I am for giving this gift to people while I'm doing it and not telling anyone, that imp- makes the gift impure. Don't you? Uh, no, you no, because, because uh, uh, some gifts, um, the receiver uh, knows that, that um, it was a gift. So it, it, you cannot make it secret, um, and it's still a pure. It, it still can be a pure gift. Um, I don't know. I mean, you're not showing off doing this. Uh, it it just came up in your mind, um, and you talked about it. Well, I'm showing off now. No, no, but I'm showing off no, now. You, you just talked about it. That's that's something different. Um, but I I think just the the fact I talk about it invalidates invalidates uh, the some of the purity of the gift. And even the fact that I think about it and think, wow, Peter, what a noble person you are. You're such a great person. You're doing this. You have such strength. You have such, such, such greatness uh, to be helping people and never letting them know that you're helping them. Isn't that thought, isn't that just, doesn't that devalue everything that I'm doing? It undermines it. It shows that ego and, and my own sense of myself, this heightened sense of myself, are really the reasons why I was doing yeah, it. Yeah, maybe. Not to... Maybe after Not, all, uh, you're just giving. a human too, only. Well, right. I think this is this is a human. This is this is the human yes. way. But the but the idea though is to is to give the pure gift. Is it ever possible to give the pure gift? Maybe it would be an accident. Maybe you would you the giver wouldn't even know that they were doing it. Maybe that's the purest gift of all. Yeah, but then it was not intentional. I don't know. But a gift needs to a gift needs to be intentional to be to be defined as a gift. I think so. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there is gifts uh, that were that were not given by someone. It can be a talent. You're just very skilled in doing something. It's a gift, but not by someone. Um, so it was definitely not not intentional. But if, if you're um, helping somebody by giving a gift then it, it was probably intentional i would say i don't know 
Well, I'd like to think of I'd like to think of these books that I make but, but, as being. But you know what is very very interesting time. because to- talking about things I've never thought about, like this conversation right now, a pure gift, uh, reminds me of um, of uh, the the podcast we listened to when he said that he's uh, teaching and educating himself um, by explaining thoughts and building up uh, logical sentences to to explain uh, what he wanted to say so while he's explaining he's uh, teaching himself and i find i find that very interesting and it, it's actually very true well that's that is true that's in fact that's how philosophy was done in the past it was never written down it was it was considered to be something like you would go and you go with your teacher or your friend and you would walk around and you just talk mm-hmm. Now they call it podcasts, but in the past, yeah. that's how they did it. They just talk. That was philosophy. So, so podcasters are actually philosophers, <laughs> modern philosophers. It is. I mean, it's it's like I said before. It's the we have a new technology, so we we, we instead of calling it just talking and okay. doing philosophy, we call it podcasting. <laughs> maybe maybe we should you know? uh, call it the old way then. No, well, no, but, to you, no, but, but, all but old, not, old not all podcasts are about uh, topics which could be considered uh, being philosophy. Oh, that's mm. that's true. It is true. Um, but but he uh, Naval does have a good point though. When you when you talk about things mm. and you make them public, you hold yourself accountable, mm. and you you expose your ideas and you listen to yourself talking. And you, a lot of times, and he's honest about it. He he realizes well that idea wasn't very well formulated i didn't know how poor of an idea it was until be, i expressed be, it publicly. because that that makes it so different from uh, difficult for me to participate in in these podcasts because i mean i'm not prepared at all to talk about things like this because here uh i don't have any person i can talk about things like this you know that 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 is also why i enjoy talking to you very much because finally there's a person you can have a proper conversation you're supposed to have with everybody but everybody's just doing instagram and whatever um (laughs) um, yeah well there's there's also there's also the aspect of when you when you make things public you're not only you hold them you're not only accountable your ideas become accountable to yourself but your projects, when you make them public, become accountable to, to you, and people can come back to you. Like when he was talking about, he was always telling people at his first job that he was going to start his own business, and they, they said after six months, "Why are you still here? Oh. You're still here. Ah, oh, you're still here." And he realized he had to go do it. You know, you know, I've done the same technique with the uh, with the making of the books. It was one of the reasons that I was able to make them. There were so many points when I was translating and I was doing this stuff. I, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it that day. And I, I realized I told my parents, I told you, I told my friends that I was doing this. And so I, I was obligated to continue. I had to continue. I couldn't stop. I don't know. And I, I, I failed. It's a great way to put pressure I, on yourself. I, yeah, I failed so many times. Uh, and when I made things public um, um, and it did not work out the way I wanted it uh, to be, um, I, I did not pressure myself that I that I made it public uh, that people knew about uh, about it. It's just very hard to fail sometimes. Um, but for me, it would not be a lot of pressure pressure if I if I put on Facebook. Ah, okay, I in two weeks um, I will stop smoking cigarettes. Um, 
And if I don't smoke, uh, if I still smoke uh, cigarettes in two weeks or in three weeks, in four weeks, uh, it would not bother me too much. I don't care what other people think, if I made it or not. Well, then you, if you don't care too much, you probably wouldn't have said it on Facebook anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I talk to people, you know, uh, when you have a cigarette. Yeah, uh, yeah, Facebook maybe was not a good example, but yeah, for me, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't really matter if people think, oh, this guy failed. Um, he 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 did not start. But it's not it's not failure. It's 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 like if somebody says they're going to do something and they don't even start it. Yeah, but I don't I know. The, 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 the pressure for me that would not increase, I think, if, if I uh, tell people what my plans are. Yeah, but at the same time, you're someone who always, you always do what you say you're going to do. I, I don't think of you as someone who, who says something and then uh, doesn't, doesn't actually nah, do yeah, it. yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, smoke, uh, you, st you, stop smoking cigarettes. You hold yourself. Is <laughs> 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 something <laughs> I'm still trying. But I don't think you would ever say that. Yeah, but I don't think you'd ever say of that. Course. Because you, you enjoy smoking oh, cigarettes. I've said it many times. I hate it. Oh. But do you, do, you, do you want to stop smoking cigarettes or not? Nah, uh, yes, but also no, because I also love it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> then, you, then you're not going to stop. It doesn't matter how many people you yeah. tell. Anyway, was there anything else you wanted to say about this? Uh, about the, whatever we're talking uh, about. About no, uh, about the podcast in general, or the the podcast yeah. we listen to. Oh, no, I think oh, yeah. it's it's one hour already. Um, I don't know. You think we are about to finish? Well, I mean, I'm wondering if there's some, there's something else you wanted to say about uh, Naval and. Uh, no, I I I, 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 I like him in general. Um, the the few listeners uh, you have. Uh, I definitely can recommend listening to to this guy. He's he's very smart. Well, there was that there was that great quote. That mm, he gave from oh, Confucius. it's beautiful. Really wonderful quote. Mm. Did you know it before? But no, I'd never heard that before. But but it's it's a quote, I guess, that's inspiring. And it, it, but I think that's the way I've always but, felt but, about but, my life. I, I mean, I I totally understand the quote. Uh, maybe maybe you can say the quote uh, because I don't remember exactly. Um, I think it was. Well, let me try. Um, a man a man has two lives, and the second one begins when he realizes that he has only one. Was it? Exactly. Yeah. That's it. Um, and I I totally understand where it comes from, but for example, I um, I realized maybe many many times that i have only one life so i have had maybe 20 lives in my life already if if you uh if, if you think this way because <laughs> you keep you keep having I'm, the realization I, I, every time you and, realize and I'm still i'm still <laughs> trying to figure figure out how to live this this only one life in the best way and i i just don't find a solution you know what i mean but i i totally understand the quote it's beautiful um and it makes sense but it also does not make sense for me at least um, because I was aware of this many, many years for many years already. And um, yeah, I have not, I, well, have not I, I, I thought about the, it. This, I thought about this it. One life I have actually only. 
I thought about it in a slightly different way. I, cause I've always realized that there's only one life and I always just wanted to do exactly what I wanted to do because I felt like this was the only chance. And I didn't realize though, until later, you only have one life because you're going to die. You're going to be, you're going to be dead. And I, I didn't, when I was young, I didn't think I was going to die. I just thought I only have one life. I got to do all these things. Now I think of it as I'm going, the one life I have is, is going to end in my death. And so I have this idea of, uh, of nothing. I feel it much more. I feel it much more now. I didn't, when I was young, I didn't, you know, I did a lot of things that were very risky physically and I, and I didn't have it. I had no capacity to understand that it could have ended my life or even hurt me very badly. Okay. I just, there were things I, there were things I wanted to do because I knew this was the only chance I was going to have and I wanted to, to do it. So now it's a different motivation. It's, it's, I think about death every day. I think it's a very, very good thing to think about. I think about, I think about how I could even end my own life. I could just jump off the balcony. I could just do any of these things. These are all things that are possibilities. And, and I think to myself, well, what would it be like if I was dead? Well, I think about all of the time in human history where I wasn't alive also, and I, there's nothing I can say about that. So I figure, well, it'll probably be similar to that. And um, it, that just reinforces that I, every day is wonderful and all these things that I'm experiencing are wonderful because there was, there's quite enough time to be dead and to not be. There's a long time to be, not be mm-hmm. and to not have any wonder. So why don't I just be in awe of all these wonderful things? But even to be in awe, which is the ultimate awe, the ultimate wonder is the wonder about death, the wonder about not being. And that's a motivating force for me. It's exciting. It's motivating. It's not negative. Yeah. You alive? Yeah. Dead. I mean, it's hard, it's hard stuff you say, Dan. Yeah. Well, but it's, it's stuff that, you know, the interesting thing about it. And when you talk about things like this, there, there's like the Confucius quote, like a lot of the things Naval says, they're very simple ideas and basic ideas, but they're things that people don't think about. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it seems, it seems crazy that people don't think about these things. And you wonder, you wonder why they don't you wonder why is it fear? Is it scary? Are these scary ideas? I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe people used to think about th- more about things like this. I don't know. Do, do people, I, it's, it's for me, it's so hard to, uh, to tell do, do people nowadays still think or are they focused on, uh, consuming, uh, I don't know Netflix and Instagram and all. It's, for me, it's it's very. I, I I don't have access to to people nowadays. That's that's really hard. I mean, to only a few, but most other people out there, there's nobody reading books anymore in the metro. Um, no. Um, well, like you, like you, I'm not exposed. I'm really not exposed to people. I'm around some truck drivers and uh, working class people. But I don't really have conversations. I certainly don't talk to them about these ideas. Mm. They don't know anything about me. I'm I'm only able to talk to, uh, in fact, people that are not living around me. I don't I, actually. I, I have such little contact now with anyone. 
Okay. No, I, that's why it's wonderful to have a podcast and talk yeah. to you. I, I actually, it's, actually, uh, I read a very interesting article recently, uh, um, which also reminded me of uh, um, the Naval podcast, um, because he said uh, being um, he was talking about being a specialist, uh, uh, which is very normal nowadays in, in work life, um, makes people unhappy. Um, and working in smaller uh, companies where you have to do more different tasks than working in a big company and uh, being specialized in only one uh, certain thing. Um, which which I totally understand somehow. Not necessarily I would agree that working in a, in a small uh, apartment makes you happier compared to big companies. Big companies can be fine too. But what... Um, uh, being specialized also did, and there is um, already some statistics. Um, they started, I think, doing uh, research on this matter in the in the eighties, and uh, the IQ uh, decreases because people are more specialized than they had to be in the past. So, I think you were born seventy six or seventy seven, right? 75 or 75 yeah this was actually the peak of the iq um uh, 76 i think and after 76 the iq uh or since uh, 76 the iq is going down um which they also relate to uh, very specialized jobs huh that's interesting because it, which is I don't really know too much about the IQ test. Was it is it more of a measure of generalized knowledge? Is that basically what it is? Then? Yeah, you know the, these uh, how are these tests called? Yeah, just I, IQ tests. Like you can find them even on. It's on critical the, thinking. I mean, it's critical thinking. I mean, what what is it? Uh, it's just l l I know logical thinking and the common sense and uh, maybe. Uh, general knowledge uh, to a certain extent i mean these uh, problem solve problem yeah. solving things like that well but it wouldn't it make sense too that as as um society has become more technological and you have these computers because the computer really appeared in the 70s too the personal computers started to appear and you had you had technological devices who were doing um doing uh tasks that formerly you were physically you had to think about doing it now you're uh you're giving the responsibility to technology yeah you know yeah this little but, this little which, cell phone which, this little cell phone can do so much yeah. that we don't have to worry about reading a map anymore or orienting ourselves with the sun north and south and east and west we don't have to worry about it doing any exactly. of this stuff There's, so, disconnected yeah. ourselves so, so much so much knowledge we used to have but don't use anymore so it's it's lost the the, the younger the people get it's like i don't know I, you told me because of your the the, the nutrition uh, you you have nowadays for for a year or so you feel much much stronger even though you're not as um, big as people that go t to gyms and take all of these uh, supplements um, to to get bigger muscles um, you know they they are weaker, even though they are bigger. Um, 
but because it's just very a very specialized way of training and uh, maybe yours is just a more natural one so y you're much fitter actually well in particular the in, in particular the exercises that i do are all uh calisthenic body weight i don't use massive amounts of weight i do lots of pull-ups and push-ups mm -hmm. that's a those are central exercises and squats running I, i'm trying to do all the things that are functional in life that that can easily be applied to any physical act that i would that i would need to accomplish and that's the better strength you know you hear those stories about guys who do bench press that's all the only thing they do yeah it's and they never they're not you know, strong they, they're not they, strong they, people the pectoral muscles they can't, the pectoral they, muscles eventually just they rip in half they can, because they've, they, they've overdone them. They cannot even do pull-ups. No, but it's but we, but we live in a superficial culture where the the, the appearance of strength has been confused with actual strength. Yes, correct. You know, they're not the they're not the same thing. And or even intelligence is you know. Uh, you say the the wealthiest guy is the smartest guy or something. I mean, it's not, it doesn't always these things are not always related to each other. Um, the the measure the measure of a man is 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 different perhaps now than what it used to be. It's it's very elusive now. It could be faked. There's so many ways to fake it. From you know all these people on Instagram presenting lives they don't really have. Mm -hmm. It's it, there's a lot of trickery and fakery and photoshopping going yes. on. And, and metaphorical, metaphorically photoshopping so many things about your life. And that's, I, I suppose that's a feature of the virtual world is that you can remake yourself um, any, any way you want to with a fraction of the work required of the past to actually do it in real life. You know? yeah. But real, real things. That's what I'm interested in are real things. Yeah. I think you are me, too. Yeah, me too. Real, and, 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 real and to be honest, stuff. to be honest, coming back to to happiness i don't think that i became a happier person i mean there's maybe there's different kinds of happiness i became a much more reflected and wiser person um than uh 15 years ago of course not only by uh, getting older but also by uh, having a lot of very different experiences in my life but i think um this internet made it more and more difficult for me to um to be a happy person because i feel more and more disconnected by the uh, from from the people because people are just more drawn into this whole thing with yeah with their phones and all their apps and all this kind of stuff and there's nothing real ha or not much real happening anymore it's all f it's just all fake nothing is yeah, it's, it's very, it, it, I think it makes it harder for me year by year um, and to realize, okay, we're going the, the completely wrong direction and I'm, I'm not participating in going uh, the wrong direction. Um, well, it's hard to imagine, you know, you know, a lot of times people ask the question, would you like to be alive in a hundred years? I mean, you ask that question, I, I would think, oh, God, I'm, I mean, if all this stuff continues like it is right now, in a hundred years, it's going to be a disaster. Mm. I would never want. I don't. Even, I don't even know if I want to be alive. If you were to say you could skip ahead tomorrow and live twenty years from now, I would say I don't think I want to. I think I'm just going to stay right here today. I don't want to change. I don't want to go ahead. I'm not curious about twenty years from now. Oh, I'm curious. I'm Actually, just recently, I was uh, talking with somebody um, that I would like to uh, make notes 
how I see the world in in, in 31 years, in in 2050. Um, And then to to, uh, go back to these notes um, when I'm 70 and see how accurate my imagination was. I think that that, yeah. that would be very interesting. It would interesting. be interesting to do. You know, it reminds me of um, when I was in eighth grade. Um, I English teacher. I had this great English teacher. She she was wonderful, but she had everyone in eighth grade in the class write a letter to themselves uh, uh, f- five years ahead, so they were going to graduate high school. Mm-hmm. And I forgot about this letter. But this teacher then mailed the letter when I was graduating high school. I hadn't seen this teacher in almost five years. And I received this letter. And I'm looking at the, it's addressed to me, the envelope and everything. And it's in my, it, it looks like I've written it. But it's, it's strange because it's not the way I write when I'm, I was a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. And I open it up and it says, Dear Peter. And it's written like I used, you know, I suddenly realized I've written okay. this. But I wrote this a long time ago. You still have it? It was a, yes, I have it somewhere. I don't know. I've, I've forgotten now what it says. I, it's crazy that I've forgotten about it. But it was a letter from my eighth grade self written to my um, senior and high school self. Yeah. Maybe you should read, and maybe it, you should read, it, read it again. Yeah, I'd like to read it yeah, again. Sounds good. But this is similar to what you're talking about. Imagine, imagine if you sat down today and you – I guess it's sort of like keeping a diary, but – it's different in the sense that you're talking to yourself in the future. Perhaps if you like wanted to remind yourself of something that you know today, you say, I hope you remember these things about life mm. that, that you know right now. It, think about getting that letter. Maybe, and perhaps maybe you've forgotten these things maybe, and you're reminding yourself from the past. Maybe, maybe that's uh, another reason why Naval is doing this. Because maybe um, he wants to go back to to his notes he makes on, on Twitter and uh, uh, look back and um, and uh, know what he was thinking uh, 15 years ago. Because, uh, of course, also wisdom can be forgotten. Well, I mean, I write, I write a lot of stuff down, too. I, you know, I can I could go back and look at it. But there's something very different from getting a letter from yourself in the mail from the past. And it's asking you questions and saying things. I think I talked about maybe what I was doing in eighth grade. I talked about my life. Maybe, maybe, was, in, in and I'd no, forgotten maybe about in the that. next podcast we talk about this. Maybe you should try to find it and then maybe it's interesting enough. Well, I think the, I, I don't know what, the, I, I don't know if the letter is that interesting. It may or may not be, but the idea of that happening is a very interesting one because you, you're spanning time with yourself and it's, it, it's real what you're getting. It's it's not just, it's not reminiscing about something because in our own minds we can we can span time. This is this is spanning time in a way that that, that you've just done somehow. You've you've walked into the past. You've walked into your past and you've walked into your future. It's just uh, it's quite odd. It, you know, it's like those um when they bury those uh, time capsules. Mm-hmm. You know the artist Andy Warhol. A pop mm-hmm. artist. He he made a lot of these time capsules to be opened at various points. I think one was opened like ten years ago. I don't know, but there's more. He's got more of these time capsules where they 
you know, he and his people and you know, they put a bunch of things in this capsule and they buried it. And there's a date coming, which someone's going to open it up, see what's in there. But that's a little more general than a very specific thing. It's not you talking to yourself. Uh, but uh, because because you said you don't want to become old or you, you could imagine you would not be or it would be okay for you if, if you die in 20 years. But have you, I mean, of course, I'm sure you, you thought about this, but uh, what, do, what do you think about um, having children nowadays? For, because for me, one reason is why I don't want to have children. Um, because the, the future, I don't know, I'm, I'm quite pessimistic, to be honest. Uh, so I don't want to provide this, this life to, to, to my children. Because the future for me, it's, yeah, it's not a good one, I think. Uh, the interesting thing about your pessimism is, though, that your your children would not share it. That would just be the world the world that they know. Uh, I'm sure when you were born, your parents might have been thinking, the world just isn't as good as it was when we were growing no, up. No, I no, think every generation no, no. I don't think so. Way. I think, no. I think no? my parents thought that the world is much better than when they were young. First of all, they were they they oh, were extremely poor. That's true. And. Um, Well, they and, were in the war. The, There was the war the going on. I think the digital uh, revolution is the, the the biggest change we've ever experienced ever experienced experienced in such a short uh, period of time. So, um, uh, yeah, but I think a lot of these young people are so excited about the new technologies coming that they they think it's uh, it's getting yeah, but, better. But don't, it's only you and I that think it's getting worse. Yeah, but don't, don't you think that? Uh, Uh, the use of uh, a phone all the time being bombarded with information and news and and uh, you have to to fake yourself to promote yourself and you have to be a person that you don't want uh, that, that that you're actually not don't you think that's that's making people sick i think so even even though even yeah, though they grow I up with so. this i cannot imagine Uh, that that these people, I think so. Uh, these young people, that they are healthy people. I cannot imagine, to be honest. But but you, but you know what? There was the um, the revolution of agriculture when, and then big cities started, and people yeah, but, never lived in big cities together, yeah, but, and they all got sick because they were living around rats and, and 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 fecal matter, and there were terrible diseases, and everyone was dying. But they still continued to do it, and then eventually they developed immunity to these diseases. And I think something similar could happen with these technologies and the illnesses caused by these technologies. Yeah, but the, is that this we'll, tech, we'll, technological we'll change develop. was too fast, I think. I mean, just, you know, I, I was born in, in, in the early 80s. You were born in the, in the 70s. We grew up with, uh, without, like, this modern technology. Of course, we had televisions and all this kind of stuff, satellite TV even. Um, But I think, especially for our generation, um, this change um, is very difficult. But then again, I, I agree. Uh, and 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 the older generation, they did not care about uh, computers and internet so much. Um, maybe so they just use it every once in a while. We are we are already very digital digital people, even though we don't like it that much, or we see the the negative sides of of it. And, and then there's the young generation. They maybe don't see the negative sides of, of it very much. 
or not most of them probably not but i think it, it cannot be healthy for them either i don't know no i don't think it's healthy for them probably and, but, and um, i don't think i don't I, think I, I, I evolution do can adopt to uh, to this uh, immediate change so fast that they are uh, well if you look at if you look at the one of the studies done about agriculture and city life and but then all the diseases that were caused by people living close to domesticated animals and and then not knowing about bacteria and living close to each other and being being unhealthy in in closed quarters the the mortality rates were extremely high with human beings right then even though they had more food than they'd ever had before mm. and they were probably having more babies than ever before so it took a while before the population really took off um, in agricultural societies, but it tended, it probably took off because over maybe like a, I don't even know how many generations, I, I forget the, there's a book saying about approximately how many generations it took for enough human beings to die out that were, weren't immune to diseases for the ones then to become uh, immune to them, to, to those genes surviving, and then those children could, could live. And so the population suddenly boomed but it took a while because you had high mortality. I think there's a certain um, maybe thing going on, but it's more psychological with these devices. And that eventually, after some period, you know, the human will evo will evolve to them. It'll it'll be comfortable. It won't be it won't be suicidal. I mean, people people aren't killing themselves. You get a few school shootings and a few suicides, but it, there's not like an epidemic of people dying from it. They're they're still functioning and doing stuff they might they might not be happy they might need uh, psychotic medication psychiatric medication to, to feel okay but they're they're living yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're still posting they're still posting beautiful pictures on instagram they're, they look like they're having a great time yeah okay <laughs> maybe maybe i'm just wrong and i don't understand this yeah, maybe I should I should look more on Instagram uh, and see the happiness, the true happiness. Yeah, that, of the people. that's happiness. Naval needs just to look on Instagram. Just find a good like one of these you know beautiful girls on Instagram, and she's going here, she's going there. Da -da -da. Wow, life is such great. It's always champagne, man. It's just a good way to live. Mm -hmm. But uh, but no, I mean, I, yeah, I I. I that's, I think the bigger difference, though, is that there's, a, there's all this drug use that's going on. I don't know how that's going to affect people going forward. You know, starting kids out with these pills and everyone's taking some sort of drugs. This, this, stuff, this stuff is probably at least as dangerous as the technologies that people are using. I mean, and then imagine you have the drugs and then you've got the technologies. It's just a, it's a, it's a mess. Who knows what's, what's going on with people? No. Okay, so what do you think? One hour, tw twenty-seven minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Can, uh... So how, how... well, I was going to mention one more. I was going to mention one more thing. Yes. As this is another thing I was thinking about in relation to Naval and all of that. There was there was a guy who was very influential um, with one philosophical idea. He was this. There was a movie about him. Um, maybe you saw it. It was. It's a great film. Great film. Great acting by this actor. It's an Australian film. It's called uh, Chopper. <laughs> Did you ever see that? With, yeah, of course. With... You're talking about Chopper Reed. Yeah. Yeah, 
Chopper Ray Reed Banner. said one thing. Best, best, act, yes. best actor in the world. It's, you think so? Uh, the, the way he played Chopper Reed was He's just He's a very good best. actor. Oh, he was incredible in that. Mm. <laughs> but but there's one interesting thing. I, I actually read uh, Chopper Reed had some books. And his, the first book that he wrote was a really good one. But he talked about one core idea that he had. And this, I think, is one of the great ideas. And this, is, this can be a foundation for happiness. This can be a foundation for a great life. He decided when he was in prison that he was going to love everything that everyone else hated. Okay. <laughs> so anything, anything that everyone said they didn't want to do, he said, I'm going to do it because I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, that's very mean. And it's a brilliant, it's a brill- but it's a brilliant idea. It gives you such power. It gives you the power to take a razor blade and chop your ears off. You know, it, it, that's what he did. I mean, he could do that because he legitimately was loving doing that. The most horrific acts he could love to do. And it's, it's a philosophical thing. He's like, this is like, this is like Naval times 10. This is like where you can go in, into, 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 into physical pain. You know, Naval talks about physical pain, but I think that's, he hasn't really known too much physical pain in his life. I don't think Naval could cut his ears off with a razor blade. Chopper Reed, though, did. No, he did not. And he, he did, did not be- do it by himself. Somebody cut his. Well, he had. He did. Yeah, he did. He had somebody else yeah. do it. But but he probably. <clears throat> but he he told the guy to do it, <laughs> and he did it. Mm-hmm. Oh. He had it done, and it wasn't like he just did. He, he didn't just do one ear. Both. The guy did one ear, and he said, "You got to do the other one." <laughs> <laughs> But but think about this idea is that the the idea of, of of choosing the hardest thing, choosing the thing no one wants to do. And I try and do it all the time. Like, you know, when I'm in simple stuff, like I learned up in Alaska, people respect you if you choose the hard thing all the time. You always choose the hard thing. And it, it would almost be like everyone was just having a good time doing the hard stuff up in Alaska. When the work got the worst, when you were the most exhausted, that's when people – the people up there, like their personalities would come out and you start joking around and you have a good time. Mm-hmm. When you were really, really miserable, it was time for fun. And and, I, and Chopper Reed reinforces that, you know? And it's it's funny though, down here in Texas, they don't work the same way. You know, like I told you, people are lazy. I work though to try and break records and it, it, it gets me no glory. I don't even care. I'm doing it as a personal challenge. And also to reinforce to myself that I need to love the thing that's hardest, to love the thing that's most painful because it gives me power. It's incredible power. It's stunning. It's stunning when you can do that. And, and that, working as hard as, and that to me is the foundation hard, for hard happiness. There is also a gift to the company you're working for. So you're a very generous person to a company <laughs> too. <laughs> there you go. It's the gift. I am. I'm giving them a great gift. Of course, they know where it's coming from. But, but you know, I mean, if they ever asked me about it, I would say I'm not working for the company. I'm working for me. I'm, I'm, I'm challenging myself. I'm having fun here for me. I'm not. You think I'm doing this for you, man? <laughs> I could go somewhere else and do this too. You know, I, I don't. You know, this is just all. A, this is a game to me. This is a game of challenge. Become stronger and hard, a harder man. And uh, but anyway, it's a. Uh, I think th- I think that that chopper read idea though is a, uh, is a very interesting one. Yeah. If, you, if you think about that in your own life, like choosing the hard thing and doing it over and over and over, 
and then finding out there's something harder and then you have to choose that you just always take the hardest thing just always do it yeah maybe it's the opposite of what everyone else does it's the opposite of what everyone else does it, 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 work, it works you, for you so may, maybe it can work for other people i'm not sure if it works for me I, and i like my ears <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you could chop them off and you could still hear. You'd be fine. It's just a, just aesthetic, yeah. you know, aesthetic reasons why you have those nice ears. Yeah. I'm more worried about the, about the pain. Yeah. But he, yeah, I, I'm, I, I, did you and I ever talk about that movie? No, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I'm I'm not surprised though that that you like no, it so much because it's, it's. I mean, great, we we never we film. never talked about the movie, but I think you were the one recommending recommending it to me. I think so. Oh, I think in maybe Colombia, I... <clears throat> you you told me about this movie, so I watched it after a while. Ah. Oh. But we never talked. Oh, we so... never talked about the movie. <clears throat> Oh, so you saw it probably after I mentioned yeah, it to you. Yeah, but I saw it a yeah. couple of times already. It's, it's, a, it's a very good movie. <clears throat> a very good um, I, performance I to... of Eric Banner. Oh, he's brilliant in that. I used to have it on my computer uh, when I was when I was riding my bike around in my tent, and I would watch it. Okay. I remember the first time I watched it. I think I watched it in Argentina in the middle of this massive rainstorm, and um, the wind was blowing my tent over. And I ran out of batteries. I, I was just ignoring the wind and everything. And I'm watching this film and I'm just captivated by this guy. And the batteries ran out and I'm laying there in the middle of the pampas. And the wind is just ripping everything apart. And I'm, I'm just so fired up. I've just seen this guy chop his ears off. <laughs> Who is this guy? I mean, it's just incredible. There's great. Do you know that there's a YouTube video of him like uh, playing Russian roulette? He takes a he takes a loaded pistol and he, he puts it up to his head on a, a television camera. <laughs> he pulls the trigger right in front of this reporter. The guy's like, "Wait, don't do it! Don't do it!" Oh, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Oh, mate, I say I'm fine, mate." <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a man! What a man! But you know, he he it, 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 kind of talking about organ donation again. He needed a new liver. And he refused to get a liver transplant because he said, I'm a bad person. Okay. And he died. He's dead. Uh, did he? He could have had it. Yeah, he, he refused a liver okay. transplant. He could have he could have been saved, I guess. But he said, I've done such terrible things, I deserve to okay. die. Mm-hmm. He died. Makes sense. I guess it was a gift. He gave, he gave the liver to someone mm. more worthy, more important. No, not important. I know. I'm saying that for, just for yeah. you. Uh, but anyway, you want to... Yes, let's uh, finish for tonight. Up. I mean, for here it's tonight. I think for you it's the afternoon. Yeah. Well, it's tonight for me. I should have been sleeping this whole time. Okay. It's the middle of the night. I should have been asleep. I got to get up in a few hours. Okay. And have breakfast and Perfect. go to work. Then. But uh, All right, so let me, uh, let me count down from five and we'll stop. So five, four... Three, two, one.